Welcome to Advent Voices Conversations with Claire, the podcast that brings you closer to the heart of the Advent Episcopal School community. I'm your host, Claire Cassidy Vaughn, and I'm thrilled to invite you on a journey through the vibrant stories, experiences, and insights of the incredible individuals who make up our Advent community. Join me as we embark on this journey of discovery, connection, and celebration. Stay tuned for inspiring episodes where we sit down with some of the incredible people who contribute to our Advent community. Their voices will leave you inspired, uplifted, and proud to be a part of the Advent family. This is Advent Voices, Conversations with Claire. Let the conversations begin. Welcome to our third episode of Advent Voices, Conversations with Claire. I am very excited that for this episode, we have an opportunity to chat with Canon J. Gardner, who serves as both the chaplain for the school and is also a current parent. So we'll just start out, Jay. First of all, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, would love for you to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your roles at Advent, um, and uh, what brought you here. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm from Birmingham originally. I grew up in Alabaster. Um, did not know about Advent school um, until I came to Church of the Advent as a youth minister about a decade ago. And um, several of the um, students uh, were in the youth group, so I knew them. And then, of course, the ensemble, the choral ensemble, I got to know them. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm a priest here in the Episcopal Church, work at uh, Church of the Advent. Um, uh, one of the clergy here uh, and my dual role, I serve as chaplain as well. Uh, and as you mentioned, delightfully, I'm a parent of two uh, Advent children. Um, so we've been here since August of 2022, so just over a year. And it's been uh, the funnest 15 or so months of our lives. Yeah. That's great. Um, tell us a little bit, what were your first impressions of Advent, the school particularly? So since you had been here with the church before, obviously, probably some amount, uh, amount of information. But in those first couple of months, kind of you jumped all in. You were um, back in Birmingham serving as chaplain, but also had um, a, a student here. So tell us a little bit about what kind of your first thoughts and impressions were. I mean, it's just... Um... Um, an ethos of excellence. I mean, just across the board. And again, with the, I heard the ensemble years ago and just picked up on that musically. Um, but yeah, I mean, just walking through the halls and meeting students, um, confidence is the word that comes to my mind. I often say that about students here. They're confident, not egotistical, uh, but confident. And I think some of that has to do with a small class size and uh, students know being known. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just in the water here. Um, and I remember just a couple of months ago, we had accreditation board here um, checking out the school. And one of the board members had mentioned like, yeah, these kids do really well talking to adults. It's really just kind of next level. So that's what struck me is just how easy it is to talk to, to children here. Uh, they're very much children, but they uh, relate well to adults. And that's just kind of right in my lane, as it turns out. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. Um, talk to us a little bit about the decision to enroll uh, your own children here. I mean, and coming back to Birmingham, there are lots of options for schools um, and certainly uh, appreciate that people have um different avenues depending on their their family circumstances. We're obviously thrilled uh, to have two of your three um, since you've welcomed a third since you've joined the community. But uh, talk to us a little bit about the decision uh, to actually enroll uh, William and Adam. Yeah. So my wife, Paige, is an educator. Um, and so, yeah, the question of where to, where to school our children uh, is always on her mind, more hers than mine, I have to admit. Um, and then, yeah, conveniently, I, I work here downtown at the church. So that's easy. But um 
No, I mean, small class size was a big deal. Um, my son, William, uh, is in kindergarten now, but at the time started in 4K. And uh, coming out of COVID, uh, that word confidence is not something I would use of him. Very much clamish and um, just, yeah, I mean, enduring a shutdown as a two and three-year-old, that was, that was tough. And so coming to a place like this um, where he could, yeah, have some... Um, um, one-on-one with teachers more and yeah even that first week of school he just kind of came out of a shell a little bit um, at home and I think um, that's reflective of what was going on at school here Um, so yeah I think a lot of it has to do with just the size and uh, again William's academically driven it's easy for him so uh, the bar was was high but I think it's something that he can he can do Uh, Mary on the other hand who's three my daughter um, she's uh, in junior pre-k she's just a social butterfly and so I think she was ready to uh, uh, be in a class. She comes a half day, so she leaves every day at noon, but it's just just right for her. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, why we, we picked it, um, yeah, in many ways I feel like it picked us with my role as chaplain and coming back here um, to the church. Uh, it just seemed natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's great. Um, in your role as chaplain, let's talk about that a little. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you lead our chapel services on Wednesday, but you've also been a really great resource for um, students and parents and families that are um, going through things. And I think that partnership has been really important and the ways that Wednesday Chapel and just a general um, support in terms of spiritual experience, but also um, just being part of our community has been really valuable. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how you feel like you're able to approach spiritual guidance, the way you approach a Wednesday Chapel, particularly in a sermon, when we have such a diverse community, um, not only in um, you know race and socioeconomic background and neighborhood, um, but also in religion. Um, because even though we're an Episcopal school, we're really proud to welcome um, children and family of all faith backgrounds and feel like we have this unique opportunity within our chapel space to really celebrate the Christian faith and also be a place that is warm and welcoming and inclusive of all faith backgrounds. So can you talk a little bit about that for us? Yeah, I mean, you've said it all. You've previewed it all. Um, I think the Episcopal Church at its best is very, um, I hate this word sometimes, inclusive. That can be, um, it can be so misused. But um, yeah, historically, the Episcopal Church, the Anglican tradition, uh, house of prayer for all nations. I mean, it really was a place where people could come. And yeah, the church has its beliefs, um, but it's not trying to stuff it down people's throats and, and force them. And so with a Wednesday chapel service is a great example of, yeah, it's we're generalist in many ways, and we're trying to major on the majors and minor on the minors uh, from a faith perspective. And I think that's important. And yeah, my role as chaplain, uh, and I work closely with, with others here in, in doing that work, but um, particularly with like scripture readings, great example. Um, there's a context to hear certain scripture readings, and I think a Wednesday morning uh, chapel service uh, at a day school yeah, uh, dealing with some of those really difficult texts, I don't think that's our place to do that. I think we want to be warm and inviting and welcoming, and, and particularly as it relates to the faith, yeah, just present uh, a gracious God uh, in Jesus Christ. And so that's really my job corporately in chapel is just to point to uh, to Jesus, who is welcoming the stranger uh, and who's caring for those who can't care for themselves. And I think we all need to hear that message applied to ourselves, but also in our, our community. Um, but yeah, so chapel is really the big context in which I get to do that with everyone corporately. But I think having that public role, uh, children, um, students, faculty, over time, hear my voice and trust me, perhaps, and nothing, nothing special about me, uh, absolutely. But um, 
I'm a touch point then when when they're going through a hard time or they're having a struggle or they have someone in the hospital uh, that might need prayers. Um, yeah, they have someone they can approach about it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I think it's really special for us that, um, you know, we still call him Canon Smalley and some of our youngest ones just call him Craig. Um, but I think, you know, we feel so fortunate that um, Dean Smalley was our chaplain for a long time and how fortunate it is to have him in the role of dean and the way that that relationship and his heart and his understanding for the school um, really help in strengthening the relationship and the partnership between the two places. Um, That said, uh, Dean Smalley is a little bit like a celebrity on campus. So share with us a little bit about, I mean, you all have worked really closely together. Um, Can you talk about maybe things that you saw in him and the way that he chose to engage with the school and with the students that you feel like you've tried to emulate? Yeah, I mean, I I would absolutely agree with everything you said. I mean, Craig is one of my dearest friends and a mentor. And so uh, by no means trying to reprise his role as chaplain, but yeah, the things he did well, I, I hope to pick up and continue that, and particularly that engagement with with people. I mean, Craig's a people person. Um, and so, yeah, seeing him peek over the um, the playground uh, fence and talk to children in the middle of recess, um, just walking through the halls, engaging people, anybody. Um, yeah, Craig's the best at that. And uh, I hope in some measure uh, my role as chaplain continues that um, as well. So I, I don't think I consciously try to do that. I just uh, we kind of pattern our behavior of those who who taught us. And yeah, Craig's a good teacher. Yeah. So special. Yeah. Um Talk a little bit about what, from your perspective, um, both as a member of the clergy at the church, but also someone who's embedded in the school and your parent role, what do you see as the benefits of Advent, of the school, being embedded in the life and the ministry of the Cathedral Church of the Advent? Um, I think we're in a unique position where, you know, we were born as a direct ministry of the church back in 1950, um, established our independence as uh, in a traditional independent school in 1970. But obviously, we share a campus together. We share um, so not only facility, but also, I think, in terms of spirit of what we're doing. Um, and so I think we have this unique dynamic in which you have these two distinct organizations and cultures and communities, and yet there's a real benefit, I think, in the relationship and the partnership. But can you talk a little bit about, particularly from the church's perspective, sort of what you see as the benefits of having this in sc- the school embedded in the, the life of the church? I think any organization becomes insular if it's not connected with others. Um, and I think, yeah, the beauty of being embedded together uh, is cross-pollinating, and I think that we're both better off for it. Um, and there's some crossover. There, there are members of this church who have uh, children who go to school here or have in years past, uh, and there are faculty members who are members of the church. I mean, there are clear links. Um, but for the most part, um, they kind of, I don't know how to say it. Coexist is not the right word. Uh, they're mutually beneficial, and it's not always easy. I mean, space is a challenge. Uh, timing, uh, scheduling, that's a challenge. I mean, there's there are challenges. Um, I just think we're all better off for it, not to be in our own little camps. And I think the church is diverse in its own way, too. The school's diverse. The, the church is, too. I think just being constantly uh, presented with other uh, ways of thought and ways of doing things, it's just, it's good for everybody. It's healthy. Yeah, yep. I think that's a, you know, huge part of what we're trying to do here is um, in our students develop a sense of curiosity, develop an openness to hearing perspectives that are different than your own and realizing that um, 
often engaging with someone that thinks differently than you really deepens your own thinking um, on a particular issue. Sometimes it means that you change your mind and sometimes it means you understand your own perspective uh, even better. But the, that diversity of thought um, and a curiosity, I think, and a desire to want to ask questions and to want to understand and learn more um, has been a really important part of, of the school. And that's, I think, true for the church as well. Um do you have an example that you can think of um, over the last year, over the last 15 months, where you feel like you've seen your work, particularly as a chaplain, really positively impact students that you feel like either prospective parents or current parents or community members might enjoy hearing? Yeah. No, I mean, again, I, chapel, I say it I blue in the face. I'll say it over and over. I mean, chapel is um, a, a weekly highlight of mine. And part of it is just being around the kids in such a positive environment. Uh, everything from, you know, being with the acolytes as they're getting robed up, the choir as they're rehearsing, um, the choral ensemble. Um, and yeah, just being in the hallway with kids before, during, after uh, chapel services um, and hearing them like relate a story from scripture to me or, you know, maybe an illustration I use to kind of paint uh, that in a particular light. Um, so the, it's it's good to see just that their wheels are turning and they're thinking about these things. But tragically, uh, this is where I think it really, the rubber hits the road is, uh, yeah, when people go through hard times. And so we had, I don't think I'm betraying any confidences here. I won't say names, but we had a student lose a parent uh, last spring. And that was, that was hard for everybody, uh, particularly that family, obviously, but the whole community. And again, I don't think the chaplain does anything particularly unique. I think we all wrap our arms around this person, proverbially and literally, uh, these people. Um, but I think in that moment, when life is at its darkest, to have a community, uh, and in this case, uh, a school and a church uh, come around, yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than that. The tragic uh, situation is not good, but the um, the response uh, was very touching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. It, there is something about. I think the community here, and that's, you know, so much about actually what this podcast is sort of hoping to do is, you know, regardless of the way that you engage with our school, so whether you're, you know, a student, a parent, a staff member, um, related to someone, someone in the community, that there is a real strength and love that is palpable in the space that we're in. And I think that um, often Wednesday Chapel is where we feel it. Um, and then we sort of see the way that that, you know, plays out. So I always tell people, I love that we celebrate birthdays in chapel. And I really love that we clap at the end. Um, because I think it, it as much as that's the small piece, it really is just the celebration of community. Um, and I think creating a space where Students are in a really formal worship space, uh, which for some people, you know, it's the first time that they're in a space that that looks like that. And yet there is a joyfulness and there is a childlike capacity. Uh, one of my favorite things that um, certainly was true when Dean Smalley was giving sermons and has been true with yours as well that I love is that the kids aren't afraid to ask questions. They laugh. They respond out loud. Um, I often wonder what it would look like on a Sunday if uh, in the next sermon that we have, if somebody in the congregation wasn't willing to say, hey, I've got actually a question about what you just said. <laughs> Probably liven things up a bit. Um Talk to us a little bit about, I mean, you've been um, in the Advent community for the last 15 months, and you have certainly given a tremendous amount, even in that short amount of time. What do you feel like you've gained, um, both as a parent in this community, but also being um, on the clergy? How do you feel like your own professional or personal life um, ha has grown in that time? 
Yeah, I mean, as a parent, uh, we're not given a script. Uh, there's no yeah set of instructions. I mean, we're very flexible, adaptable, and yeah, learning um, learning how out of control. I hate to use that and scare people, but um, yeah, at some point, uh, there are kids, but they they're their own people and they make their own relationships. And even at five and three, my two children, uh, they're their own people, their own persons. Um, so in some ways it's been instructive just to kind of let them go uh, in many ways in a safe environment, trusting that they're, they're okay. And then, yeah, as a, as a clergy person, um, um, again, just being introduced to and, uh, interacting with, um, people I normally wouldn't, which is, which is wonderful. I love having parents, uh, of children come to chapel, uh, and just, yeah, that, that personal engagement, before services, after, over coffee beforehand, or just uh, talking in the pews after. Um, yeah, I, I learn a lot about people, and this is very much a, a people business. Uh, I hate using the word business, but a people, you know, pr- a profession, career, calling. Um, yeah, I was with one of the parents this morning who uh, works with uh, sculpting. He sculpts uh, bronze and um, copper and uh, brass, um, and just seeing his work and just... He invited me, I mean, freely to come see that. And what a, what a privilege to be involved with, with such a diverse uh, group of people um, in every sense of that word. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, I have two questions for you. We have two that we'll end with uh, mm-hmm. that uh, we're ending all of all of our um, conversations with. But I've got two others that um, for the audience that's listening, I didn't prep him on because I wanted the most authentic answer I could get. <laughs> that's all um, good, yeah. So yeah. if you were um, not a priest, if you were not serving as clergy in an Episcopal church, what profession do you think you would have or what profession would you dream to have? Oh, my goodness. Uh, my golf game is pitiful. So unfortunately, that's not an option. Um, that's a dream. Uh, I don't know. I, I like to believe I'm funny. I, stand-up comedy would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I don't think I could make money doing that. Uh, I started as an engineering major, um, and that was not my <laughs> my way of thinking. But a lot of respect for engineers, but I just that was not my ultimate calling. Uh, All right, engineering to divinity school. You may have to take us through yeah, that. So I was, I, you know, I was a good math student growing up, uh, and so it just made sense. Like, okay, what what can I do? Engineering, perhaps, and. It's just too practical. I'm not a practical person. I'm, I'm very idealistic. And so um, went to my advisor day one after engineering class, and I was like, I can't do this. So I went undecided, and then uh, after some time became a philosophy and uh, music double major. Uh, and so for, for months, um, my girlfriend at the time, wife now, thought, what is this guy going to do? <laughs> and uh, thanks be to God, seminary was uh, around the corner. And that was good prep for seminary. Doing liberal arts uh, really was uh, the right move for me. But again, not practical in any meaningful <laughs> sense of that word. Um, well, good. Maybe your sermons are a good practice if if the opportunity ever presents itself <laughs> for a little a little stand up comedy. Yeah. Um, all right. What is something people would be surprised to learn about you? Hmm. Oh gosh. I mean, I'm I'm pretty buttoned up as a person. Um, yeah. I. Um, Spotify just put out a Spotify wrapped, uh, which gives you the year in what you listen to. And people are shocked to know that I, I love punk rock. Like I love emo. I love uh, that genre of music. And people don't typically see that in me. But um, I don't think that's overly shocking. But that's a big part of my life. I love, yeah, I love heavy music, as it were. <laughs> that's so, great. Yeah. Um, all right. Last two questions, which we're asking everybody. Um, 
versus uh, what advice would you give to current um, and or prospective parents who are considering Advent for their child? What would be um, one, two, three, whatever you feel most comfortable with? What's something that you feel like you would want them to know? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think being open, we've talked about that a lot in this particular podcast, uh, being open and willing to listen and learn and, yeah, not be so deeply entrenched in whatever view of the world or ourselves um, we have. And, yeah, just come check it out. I mean, come tour the school, obviously, but um, even, yeah, as my role as chaplain, come sit in a chapel service. I think it's um, I think it's a beautiful thing to, to be willing to try that, particularly, um, yeah, even if it's outside of one's comfort zone. Um, so I hope I hope that yeah, people will give a uh, honest shot to something like that. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think for those of you that are listening, like we said, chapel every Wednesday, eight fifteen. Uh, current parents are certainly always welcome, and we have a lot of um, we have a lot of parents that are here every Wednesday, and then others that pop in as they can. Um, but certainly, if you are someone who's listening who is not already a member of our community, hey, please know that you are always welcome um, to join that as a service. You just call the front office, let us know that you'd like to be there one day, and we'll make sure we get you a primo spot. Um, we promise you don't. Have have to raise your hand and ask a question if you don't want to. Um, all right. Last but not least, um, you've been through a full year of Advent events and um, all sorts of things. Um, do you have a favorite Advent tradition yet? And if so, what is it? I mean, it has to be lessons and carols. I mean, everyone, everyone's going to say that or most everyone. I mean, it's just so otherworldly almost. I mean, it's just divine. And um, yeah, seeing the children, um, yeah, musically and then reading and just the whole involvement, um, it's, it's, um, there's nothing like it, I think, in the state of Alabama and perhaps, yeah, uh, and I work in the church, we do our own lessons and carols and I don't think it touches uh, what happens at the day school. But uh, as a parent, uh, Breakfast with Santa, which is right around the corner too, uh, yeah, just that childlike wonder, uh, seeing all of them light up uh, about Santa, it's just, yeah. I think I like Christmas and Advent. It's just this type of, <laughs> time of year as well. But uh, yeah, that's what I would say. That's great. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to get to talk to you a little bit more about your perspective and experience and uh, just know how much we value having you in our community. We feel incredibly grateful um, that God put you here. Um, again, not only as a chaplain, but as a parent, we certainly consider it to be an incredible privilege to have people trust us with their uh, most prized possession uh, with their kids. So thank you so much. And we're looking forward to lots of great Wednesdays um, and continued community together. Thanks, Claire. I'm your biggest fan, so keep it up. You're doing doing great work. Thanks so much. Yeah. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to our third episode. Until next time, take care and remember that your voice matters.